The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Tyler Rocky and Jesse Rogers in for Waddle and Sylvie today. Hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving and enjoying the Black Friday festivities. Let's go on out to the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline where we find Tom Thayer. He's brought to you by UI Health. Tom, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it's always good. Spend time with family, eat a little food, uh, get ready to watch my high school play in the state championship game tomorrow, and got to join some other alumni and watch practice and then watch football all day. So you prefer the Bears not play on Thanksgiving for the you know convenience of the rest of your life? No, I, I do. I like when the, I oh. listen. I enjoyed playing on Thanksgiving. Um, I played in the last my last Thanksgiving day is when I played with Miami Dolphins and Leon Letts slid into the ball in the ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I played in that game, but then I played in a few of the uh, Detroit Chicago games as well. And I actually I always enjoy I enjoy playing on Thursday. I might I might be unique in that, but um, I, I liked it. Well, you you guys always won on Thursday back in those days. I mean, you were beating the Lions every year. Right, but, you know, the thing about it, too, is we played on Sunday, then Dicka didn't make us practice in pads, but maybe one day up until the Thursday game, and then you played Thursday and you have a couple days off. So, yeah, we did win, but, you know, we kind of got to relax a little bit in practice as well in terms of the physical part of it. Tom, when you look back, let's rewind, though, to, to this past Sunday with the Bears and the, the collapse against the Lions up 12 in the final four minutes of the game. A lot of ha- has been made of whether it's the coaches, whether it's the players, is it a combination of the two? But when you look back on last Sunday, where do you point the finger most to in terms of why the Bears weren't able to hang on against the Lions? Um, I, you know, I think offensively they lost a little bit of their aggressiveness and defensively they were a little bit too passive. Um, and then they were making, allowing them the bend and don't break kind of attitude in, during crunch time. And But, you know, the second of the last series um, I didn't agree with uh, running into a nine-man front yeah. without um, either a commitment to the point of attack or not allowing, you know, I, I think um, – I just wish Justin had so much freedom that uh, even if they call an RPO, he doesn't have any intentions of actually going through the fake and being able to challenge any outside contain to see who can get to the edge of the quickest and see how many positive yards Justin Justin could attach to it. So, um, you know, I I was definitely – not um, not happy about the play calls there. And then being an ex-offensive lineman and knowing the circumstances on the uh, sack cause fumble, um, you know, when you, you have a quarterback, you're already in shotgun. That means you're three to five steps behind the line of scrimmage already. And then you have the quarterback drop back even further. When you talk about the assistance of the crowd noise and uh, as an offensive tackle, you're never going to get off before the defensive end. It's going to be even. 
So if it's if you're even and that defensive end has an eighth of a step on you going forward and you're trying to get in a retreat position and still show some aggressiveness when you have to try to make that punch, if they're shoulder to shoulder, you're beat because after the ball is snapped, the quarterback is still taking another three steps back. So, you know, he's probably 10 yards now behind the line of scrimmage and you're putting the offensive tackles in a non uh, a non winning situation. I want to go back to that second to last series. I think you documented it, you know, perfectly. It just it looked weird. They were so dynamic for you know fifty minutes uh, the other night, the other day, and then all of a sudden, just two runs into the line, and then the the, the, the miracle pass to Tyler Scott that didn't work. Do you think? I mean, you know Luke Getzey a little bit, and and offensive coordinators in general. I mean, do you think that kept him up for a few nights? Just the idea of, boy, we were so dynamic. Why did I just go into a nine-man line, like you said, and not just once, but twice? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you always have to revisit, you know, in, in your tape study of the decisions you made. If you're a player, you have to think about the specific technique you used in the down and distance against who you're playing against and what your ultimate responsibility is from the snap of the ball to the whistle. And then if you're a coach, you have to relive the situation. Okay, we're going against a nine-man front. That means there's going to be one extra tackler per blocker. And so you kind of get yourself into that hesitation of RPO that you give the defense that, you know, the extra instance to flow into place. And now if you make the perfectly wrong decision and then you're going to get tackled by multiple uh, defenders because you already have one guy that's filling the gap that you're, you know, you're RPOing to. to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to me, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you, you would have to go over it and, um, you know, try to rethink the situation and what would I do the next time and, um, you know, to me, again, I, I think when you have one of the most dynamic athletes in the NFL, I would always uh, live and die in those situations with the dynamic athlete. Yeah, especially 18 carries over 100 yards. Like, you'd already been using him in that mode, so it would have made sense to, to do that. Um, but, you know, Eberflus tried to highlight the positives. Of course, nobody wants to really hear that, but there were. I mean, to get up 26-14 was an accomplishment, right? I mean, there's a good team you're facing and you're doing it on the road. Um, there, there were a lot of good things that you just don't throw to throw away because you lost the game, right, Tom? Yeah. Hey, listen, the first drive of the game offensively was fantastic. They completely took the crowd out of the game in that first drive. The crowd was not making a noise. I think they were just in awe of watching the Bears march down the field and, and get into the end zone. But, you know, that's the thing about it is you have to repeat that performance and, you know, keep doing it to keep the crowd out of the game. But when you played, excuse me, 56 minutes of great football, and then all of a sudden the crowd was on the edge of their seats, and they were as loud as I've heard them all afternoon Mm -hmm. or maybe in my lifetime uh, going to that stadium and, and watching them play the Bears or being part of the Bears when we did play them. So, yeah, I I think there's a lot of really positive things you take. Justin stepping up in the pocket and finding D.J. Moore for that 39-yard touchdown. 
Justin being able to manipulate the pocket and getting to the outside and keeping his eyes downfield and knowing the line of scrimmage to get the ball out of his hands before he crossed there. Um, so, yeah, you know, there there is some really great things. And then the turnovers they got off of Jared Goff, yeah. who had been uh, so stingy giving the ball away to the opponent inside that stadium. The Bears' defense uh, did some great things, but now get get turnovers, capitalize on them, and then be able to make first downs under the most harshest of circumstances, and we'd be sitting here talking about a different out, out, outcome in really – you know, in a positive frame of mind going to Monday night in Minnesota. Tom Thayer is our guest here on Waddle and Sylvie. Tyler Rocky, Jesse Rogers in for the guys today. You can hear Tom on the call right here on ESPN 1000 on Monday night alongside Jeff Joniak and Jason McKee. So, Tom, I don't know how much of the Lions-Packers game you caught yesterday, but it was a similar situation for the Lions. They're down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. For you, what's the biggest reason why the Lions were able to come back on a team like the Bears last week, but they weren't able to come uh, back against a team like the Packers yesterday. You know, I just, you know, the the Bears are Detroit. You know, they didn't have the the type of defense. You know, Green Bay was a little bit more aggressive with their defense up front to push the ball out of Jared Goff's hands a little quicker. And then if you can do that, then you can kind of have defensive backs or linebackers that come up and, you know, make some deflections, get in the way of passes, make the quarterback um, be interfered with in his uh, his, uh, throwing foundation. And um, so I, I just think that you know, they got out to such a big lead that it allowed the uh, defense to be more aggressive, more immediate. And again, those guys scoring on the first series of the game. Now you're talking about a defense when they take the field for the first time, they have a lead. And when they, when they, when the Green Bay has a lead, they have a chance to be more aggressive. And then they had some, um, you know, good, uh, just good pressure on the passes that resulted in either, you know, converting, you know, not allowing Detroit to convert on third down or turning it into a, a turnover. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't feel bad enough, Tom, after Sunday, we see Green Bay go in there and finish the job that the Bears could not do. It kind of feel it makes that work that that loss feel even worse, I guess. But let's turn the page because with just a couple days from a, another game on Monday night. I'm sure you've watched a little bit of Josh Dobbs. What, what's been impressive about him, I guess, with Minnesota? I don't know if you've watched him before that, but um, he's been pretty good with them. I mean, not, not necessarily all pro, but he settled down things after Cousins went down. What's been most impressive? Um, you know, what he does with the ball outside the pocket, how he can ad lib a play, how he can use T.J. Hawkinson repeatedly to keep their offense on the field. Um, You know, I think that's one thing about Dobbs is you're getting the play explained to you in the listening device in your helmet. You're having coached awareness of where your number one option should be looked to. And after that, get out of the pocket and try to find an open opportunity. And that's what Joshua Dobbs has been able to do. To me, I would try to keep him inside the pocket and throw to the exact structure of the play where he doesn't have uh, an escape valve. I like that. Uh, yeah, because he has been impressive, but but there is a weakness there to be exploited. 
Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. You you just have to make him follow the design of the play and where he has to go from one to two to three inside the pocket. And then if you can shriek the pocket and put, you know, hassling um, people or hassling his, his footwork or his foundation, and then maybe then you can challenge him and, you know, kind of um, expose the reason that he is on the Minnesota Vikings and not one of the other teams he's been with and see if you can make him follow the structure of the offense to get those completions rather than getting outside the pocket, turning a three-second protection into a six-second protection, and then finding one of the valuable receivers, whether it be Addison or the tight end and even the running back at times. But then, you know, with the uncertainty of Justin Jefferson is going to play, that could add an entirely different dimension to what Joshua Dobbs is able to do, um, with, you know, without having him since he's been there. You know, you bring up Justin Jefferson there, and that's the in Minnesota. I'm sure that's the biggest story heading into this game: is will he play or won't he play? But for Joshua Dobbs, a guy who a couple weeks ago didn't even know the names of the people that were blocking for him or, or were catching passes from him. How tough is it going to be to integrate a guy like Justin Jefferson in, or is it just he's so good that it doesn't really matter? Um, it's a combination. He's so good it really doesn't matter. But, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Joshua Dobbs has been learning the structure of this offense, and he always knows that, okay, instead of Addison in this position, it'll be Justin Jefferson the next time I throw it. And then now my second receiver that I'm going to have against the second defensive back and their coverage responsibilities, it's going to be Jordan Addison against this this defensive back. So now it's just one more weapon on the field, and you're not you're not decreasing the effectiveness of the offense. You're increasing it. Tommy, um, what what do you Sorry. think the 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 front office is looking at in the final few games here? When it comes to fields, there's already been improvement, but is there something more specific? Is it is it just more consistent um, pocket passing as that's been the biggest thing? But like, what what's different now than maybe six weeks ago when when you um, evaluate fields? Well, you know, the first thing I'm looking at, you played these guys in week six. Brian Flores was a, 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 the aggressor from the very first play. You throw for 113 yards, you get sacked five times. This offense is still in place that the Bears had in place week six. What has Justin learned over that period of time to play the same opponent twice in the same season for the first time this year? Um, And I think you have to see what is the growth? What is the future potential? What can they do on the road against divisional opponents? And that's the thing about it is if they would have went and beat Detroit and then you go into Minnesota and hypothetically you say you beat Minnesota and then you go to Green Bay the last game of the year and beat them <laughs> there. Now you're proving to yourself, yeah. okay, we are pointed in the right direction. We can go on the road and beat divisional opponents. So though that's signs of growth to me. But I think, uh, you know, there's no better test than the second time around you play the same opponent. And um, so now if you allow Brian Flores to be the aggressor and he completely makes your offense look dysfunctional even though the Bears had 162 yards rushing and I hope that they can have that triple digit benchmark again for the rushing game with or without Justin and if they can do that and then they can 
you know, limit the amount of sacks. And, you know, you can't only think about the five sacks. You also have to look at the other pressures that they put on Justin to get the ball out of his hands sooner than he'd like. But more than 113 yards passing in less than five sacks, it will show me that the offensive line is improving. Justin's getting a better feel for the offense. He understands where his first, second, and third reads are going to be. They targeted DJ Moore eight times. He had five catches they targeted Cole Kmet three times. He had two catches. They they got to get better with those weapons. Tom Thayer is our guest here on Waddle and Sylvie. Tyler Rocky and Jesse Rogers in for the guys today. So, Tom, given the fact that the Bears have the draft capital that they do heading into this upcoming NFL draft, the progress was paramount for Justin Fields this year. I know he's missed some games with injury, but given what you've seen out of Fields so far, is the progress adequate enough in your eyes to move forward with him as the quarterback? Um, you know, you're, the, a lot of that story is going to be told at the end of the season here. Like I said, you're going to play these opponents for the same time twice in the year, um, Minnesota and then Detroit and then later with Green Bay. That, to me, um, the progress against the opponents the second time around I don't care if it's in Chicago or on the road. That's going to tell me a lot about the development. Um, but it's not – he doesn't need to do it single-handedly. The offensive line's got to be in place, and he's got to get the protection that he needs in order to allow his receivers to get downfield, and then he can make the decision unhassled. And if the offensive line can hold up and provide the protection that he needs and he can incorporate – you know, DJ Darnell Mooney even more, Cole Komet even more. The running back, uh, the running game stays as strong as it is. You get more development out of Roshan Johnson. Justin, you know, he hasn't he hasn't fallen out of favor with me, but he certainly can improve his grade in the remainder of the season. Tom, appreciate you taking some time with us. Enjoy the rest of your Black Friday, and we'll hear you on the call on Monday with uh, Jeff Jonia. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. It's Tom Thayer, 85 Bear, Super Bowl champion. Kind enough to join us here on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. And was... Tom Thayer, brought to you by UI Health. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting in, 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 in terms of playing the divisional opponents a second time mm-hmm. now and, and using that as a barometer when it comes to fields improvement. I think that's... Very specific and and kind of interesting. Um, you have the first game. Now let's put a second game on tape and, and see what he does. You mentioned Brian Flores being very aggressive. Now how does it's not like he said it's not just Fields. How does Getsy respond? Like, but it it gives you a little bit more context. Yeah, watching him against the same opponent a second time through. So in Tommy's world, these last. You know, a few games yeah. are going to be important. You got a lot I, of, I mean, we know it's important, but but he's holding off judgment until he sees it all. You got one against each, uh, yeah. and, and Justin has played in these games so far this season uh, against the Packers, the Vikings, and I, I know he got hurt during the against the Vikings earlier, but also against the the Lions as well. He's got one of each left, and it, it is important too because sometimes we see guys, especially some of these superstars, they get into some of these divisional games. I think Lamar Jackson's a good example of that. Sometimes you see the ball get taken out of his hands in some of those divisional games. And I think for Justin, that those divisional games are really where I lack confidence in him. I mean, you look at what he's done against the Green Bay Packers. 
It's been not much, nothing. Not much. And it feels like they have the formula yeah. to figure him out. Maybe, but the last same thing week could have been said well. Last week, last against, week yeah. Yeah. but it feels like the Lions have been a team that he's had success against, whether it was last year in the first game, the second game he wasn't as good, but then the first time around this year, a couple years ago when he started, he had success against the Lions. It feels like he's had some of his better games against Detroit, but against Minnesota, it's been shaky at times. So we obviously saw what it looked like the first time this year. Last year, the first half half was a disaster. He flipped a switch in the second half and played one of his better halves of football that he's played in his career. And that's why this game on Monday night is so big in the evaluation process for me because these are the guys you're going to be going up against the next three, four years. And after the Vikings, it's it's Detroit again, it's Detroit, right? So off a bye, yeah. That's a tough one. Oh, that uh, off the Bears have off a bye. Off the Bears yeah, have yeah, a yeah, bye, yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, because Detroit's going to get a chance. It looked like Detroit's been kind of shaky for about three weeks now, right? They went yeah. to San Diego, barely won. But, but, you know, yesterday, terrible. Barely won against the Bears. So they're getting a reset now with the extra time. I'm really interested to see how... Campbell handles their little dip, mm-hmm. and then they come out of that little break, and then how the Bears come out of their break. Like it's a good, it's a good point by Tom. These divisional opponents, second time through, and you said it as well. Good litmus test, litmus test for Fields as well as the coaching staff. Yeah, but even with like the little lion dip here, right? Yeah, that's there's, a good, good way of putting it. They're the still two dip. and one. Right, because most teams, the Bears. Are, most teams are one and two or zero and, or, or and three. Like San Francisco, when they play in those type of games, like San right Francisco, there. they yeah. got hurt. They went zero and three. Right, mm-hmm. they they have a little bit of the of that thing going on, that mojo in, in Detroit, where they can pull victory from the jaws mm-hmm. of defeat. But not yesterday. Didn't that, work. Yesterday. It didn't work yesterday. And you're not going to do it every single time. Right. But I look at that Bears game on on Sunday with with the Lions. That's a game that great teams go out and win. Yeah. And it's a game that bad teams go out and lose. Yeah. And I think we saw it play out that way. And then we see it. Uh, listen, I don't think you're going to do it every single week, let alone in consecutive weeks, right. uh, especially on a short week, too. But when you get punched in the mouth early, how do you respond? And it, even though the Packers were dominant in that game, you just had that thought of Sunday in your, the back of your mind you did. saying, you did. there's still a chance they could go out and do this thing. And then the Packers just got some timely stops in the red zone. Right. Remember, we said Fields had this great game. Well, Jordan Love just had a great game against Detroit, too. So yeah. maybe it's Detroit more than, than anything else. 312-332-3776 is the number. Because you don't know it. You don't remember it. Um, <laughs> th- what I want to know is, going back to Texas, how, what does that inform you? Seeing Stroud and, and Ryans have success like they are, Mm-hmm. What does that inform you about the Bears, if anything? That's my question to our listeners, because it really is informative to me. that, And it's most informative about the quarterbacks. That this guy's making, I mean, I think he's making the beer vendors better down there. And Justin just hasn't done that. Doesn't mean he's horrendous. He just hasn't done that. I don't think Brock Purdy is making everybody better around him. No. But he's a decent quarterback. Maybe that's what Fields will be. A guy that doesn't make everyone so around better, Fields but he's is a just, decent quarterback. If Fields is just Brock Purdy, is that worth keeping around? Um, I guess if you build a good team around him, it is. And the, but, but there's a lot. Having said that, then you're talking about if the a, Niners had the first pick in the draft, they'd probably send Brock Purdy packing. Exactly. You know, so... They want to find a guy that can elevate, and that's yeah. what I'm looking for in a quarterback. And when you have the number one overall pick, yeah. I know it's a crapshoot, but when you have the number one overall pick, that's your best chance to find a guy that can elevate others. 
I agree. I agree. You just they keep doing this. That's the problem. We we have PTSD from drafting quarterbacks. Like just they keep doing this and they keep failing. Different regimes, different quarterbacks, and they keep failing. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm on the fence because I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. I wasn't the biggest Fields fan. I don't think he's making everybody else around him better, but it certainly doesn't seem like Eberflus and Poles are making him better. No, they're not. Like, and, like Shanahan is doing with Birdie. Well, I do think I, Eberflus hasn't. I think Poles has done some to make him look better. Well, sure. I mean, he brought he in uh, an improved offensive yeah, line. Putting them all together yeah. in the same package. And, yes. and, and obviously uh, going out and getting DJ Moore, that's certainly something to, to go out and make your, your guy look better. But th- there's still a lot that's kind of left there and left to be desired right now. And that's why I, I'm not ready to, to jump into the pool and say, all right, let's run it back one more year with Justin Fields. Well, that would be the Bulls. <laughs> run it back with the same Continuity. Yeah. All right, when we come back, it's Waddle's World here on ESPN 1000. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle and Sylvie. On ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. 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 Tyler Rocky and Jesse Rogers in for Waddle and Sylvie this afternoon. Hope everyone's having a great Black Friday shopping extravaganza right now. People out in front walking by. Yeah, I see a lot of like going. A lot of shopping bags and all that stuff. Yeah. This the Jets a, did a very Jets thing oh. just now. If you're not, if you're not, if you're in your car and you, you're not uh, aware of the Jets game, well, they did a very Jets. Thing. The, there was a pick six on the last play of the half when you let Tim Boyle, <laughs> you let Tim Boyle uncork one from midfield to try to go out and and execute a hail mary. Like, what are you doing there? 99-yard interception return it was, with no time on the clock. It was 10-7 to 7 at that point. By the way, the, the first half line for that game, or it was 10-6, I should say, yeah. at that point. First half line was four and a half. Right at the horn. That's it. That's so, got to be as bad a beat as you're going to get. We will see you right? on Monday night, Scott Van Pelt. Right. Uh, <laughs> Waddle's World is brought to you by Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Uh, real quick, I want to get you the Bears injury report from I've today. I've been waiting for that. Uh, and the Bears, so today was a an actual practice. Yesterday was just a walkthrough. Some good news for Deontay Foreman. He was limited today. That's upgraded from not practicing in the walkthrough on Thursday. He's been battling an ankle and shin issue. We saw him leave the last game against the, the Lions. But Foreman has been a nice little, especially now that you've got Khalil Herbert in the mix. Bears have a, a nice running back room. You can kind of depend on all three of those guys yeah, to yeah, get the job done that. for you. But he was limited today, which is an upgrade for him. Lucas Patrick was a full participant today after not practicing on Thursday. And the Bears have had their center issues all year long. Lucas Patrick, I'm not saying, is the answer. But you want a guy that can snap the ball. We saw Justin get into it with Dan Feeney on the field. I've never seen Justin do that. 
We've never seen him yeah. get animated with another teammate on the field. And I'm not saying Justin's a... Justin was probably right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> in that I, instance. You, you know when Justin gets animated, it's not, yeah. it comes from a good place. Uh, Larry Borum did not practice. Kari Blossom game was a full participant for the second straight day. And Mercedes Lewis was out with his Veterans Day today. So, And Noah Sewell, he did not practice for the second straight day. So there's your injury report. All injury reports on the Waddle and Sylvie show are brought to you by Costa Ivoni Personal Injury Lawyers. So, good news. I mean... That's one thing. We're heading into week 12, and the Bears are as healthy as you could really ask them to be. Yeah, That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, they we got a bye be, week, they, two coming up as well. They should beat Minnesota. They, they really should, should beat like, Minnesota. For every, listen, I'm Josh sorry, Dobbs it's, right, it's, is a great story. He's 2-8. and eight. Right. He's 2-8 and eight as a quarterback. Right. There's a reason why he was a last-ditch effort to be brought in by the Cardinals. No Jefferson, I don't think. I don't it doesn't think. look like that. I did see the story today. Um, Justin Jefferson came out, I guess he spoke today, that his absence is all about the ailing hamstring, and none of it's about the fact that he doesn't have a contract. None of it's that he's uh, just the the Vikings are a middling team right now, even though I think they would. They are knocking on the door of a playoff spot right yeah, now if they're not in one right now. But um, he's just trying to be 100%. And listen, it's a hamstring injury. That, that's one of the injuries you never mess with. You never try to cut early your your rest time on that. Yeah, for sure. Because otherwise think, it lingers the rest playing. of the year. I don't think he's, I don't think he's playing either. Yeah. And I saw uh, Kevin Seifert, who is the Bears beat reporter for the or for the who's the Vikings beat reporter for ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of insinuated that as well. We've seen guys like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport also kind of say like, oh, he's probably not playing this week. I mean, we 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 we've seen them come up short against Denver then blow out Washington. I feel like we're, we're in the same kind of thing here. Yeah. Came up short against Detroit. Now you finish the job the next week. Yeah. I hope so, at least. Yeah. Um, and by the way, also, the Vikings do have the bye as well. They're in the same boat as the Bears, so get them an extra week to get healthy. Don't mess exactly. with this thing. And then exactly. if you go out and beat the Bears... <laughs> we like, to talk just, Justin Jefferson into you know, not playing. You know what? this one out, JJ. <laughs> you yeah. win. Although we're entering that phase of the year... Where you start, do you want them to win? Like, remember we had to do that the last six weeks last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Ask that question on the air every like, day. Did you, you rather think, see them lose? Did, like, if if you're in that mode of draft picks, then last week wasn't so bad. But it's a little they different. Played well, but lost. Yeah, it's a little different this year, just because you also have the Carolina pick, right? So but you, a, you're greedy. Yeah, you want all of it. Yeah, but, but I you, agree with you. When you look at last week, do you think that was best case scenario? I. I if this was week 14, yes. Like, it's a little premature, but I'm, I, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Because you I don't did think it was make the, improvements. Yeah. You did look good. And if yeah. you can find that middle ground with Justin, I don't think you can run 18 times every game. Mm-hmm. You know, but we've been saying that for two years now. Find that middle ground where he's throwing for 200 yards, running for 75, you know, something yeah. in between. And, and, and then you have a dynamic offense. So, yesterday's games, did you catch every second of every single I game most of it yeah okay yeah i actually i didn't watch live pretty much any of well, the dallas game i was dedicated to this show that's why i, I <laughs> turned my back on my family i watched football and you watched knowing football? i was going to be in here and you were going to ask me did you watch mm-hmm. everything and, and then i didn't watch any of the san francisco game live but after I all but i came back when i got home i watched all of both of those games i had them running on two tvs 
almost like it was a live Sunday and you're watching multiple games well, the trying to keep up with everything. The Cowboys did what the Cowboys do against crappy teams, so that yeah. wasn't very fun. Mm-hmm. But the Niners are just such a yeah. great watch. They're, they did what they do against mediocre teams, although Seattle's better than Washington. The 49ers are a machine right yeah. now. They really are. They're, they're only stumbles when they were hurt. Okay, in the division, Packers and Lions. Getting a little scared about Jordan Love? That he might be, maybe not Hall of Fame. I don't think I'm, no, I'm no, not no. scared the that he's a Hall is of Famer. He better than Justin? But is he better question. than Justin? And it, could he maybe be a top 10 quarterback in like is two, that, three years? Has that been a, a question on the, on the talk show circuit here? Uh, who would you rather have moving forward? Justin Love or, Jordan? or Jordan? Until this week, I don't know if it came up, but maybe it, start, it would start to come up. He looked damn good. He did look good, <laughs> but I think that was more a product of Detroit. Detroit really isn't do. a great defense, and we've seen Love have his up and downs yes. this year. This Green Bay not... offense has been bad early in games, especially. They've been they've been better when they've been trailing. However, they're improving as well on yeah. offense. I'm not scared that Jordan Love's going to be this top ten level quarterback, but yesterday was a step in the right direction. It was. It was certainly. I mean, he looked good. He was the arm angles on some of those throws, yeah. like. I mean, if we saw Justin Fields do some of those throws, I mean, we would cancel school the next day. Like, <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> That's what would happen <laughs> around here. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but that might be a good question. Who would you rather have moving forward, Love or, or Justin? I, 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 at this moment in time, I'd still say Justin. I would, too. Uh, the running part of it is right, certainly... Exactly. That, that. And, like, we've seen... like. A lot of the things with Jordan Love is he hasn't been able to air the ball out downfield. He has not had the same level of downfield success that Justin Fields has had. So or Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think he's more limited in his ability. Mm-hmm. But you can still be a better quarterback with limited, limit more, more limits to your ability than the mm-hmm. next guy. Yeah. We're talking about the quarterback position. Right. I'd still take Fields because he can run, but that doesn't mean Love can't pass him. How about the fake punt from Detroit yesterday? Yeah, I was, did not understand that. Yeah, didn't Campbell that put was, that, put and, that and, on him? And good on Dan Campbell. Yeah. He said, "Hand up, that's on me. Yeah. That was a terrible call. I would, that was bad on me." Trying and that's, to be too cute. That you deep want in the your accountability in your coach, and when you've got the when you've had the success so far that Dan Campbell's had this year. You're, you can walk into some of those press conferences yeah. and say, hand up, that's on me. You can do that, and you can make the mistake itself, because he's made very few, apparently, mm-hmm. with, that, with, the team, with the record that team yep. has. And those guys play hard for him. So it seems like everyone in that building loves him, including Ben Johnson, so much so that he pretty much foregoed his opportunity to be a head coach for this uh, this season and came back to Detroit. And I, Listen, I don't know how all those interview processes went with him, but... Yeah. He was the hot name last year because yeah. of the way that Detroit well, finished the year. And he'll remain the hot name, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm, because the, I mean, Detroit isn't going anywhere. They're good, right? They're humming. It looks like you've turned around the trajectory of Jared Goff's career, yeah. as well. So, good things happen in, in Detroit, despite the fact that they end up losing yesterday, twenty-nine to twenty-two. The Dallas game. My whole takeaway with this is like. Yeah, Dallas outscored them in the second half, twenty-five nothing. But it all came in the fourth quarter, and it's like, yeah, I mean, I think if you're just a football fan, like, where are you putting Dallas in the NFC right now? You're putting them below the top teams. Okay, Dallas, Dallas or Detroit? Who's better? That's a good question. They're they're certainly below Philadelphia and San Francisco. I, I, that'd be a good game. Do they both, play each both, other? Um, That'd I, be a good game. 
Don't believe so. I think Dallas. Oh, is they better. do actually. They, oh, that would be. They a good are game. the Monday night game and the penultimate I'll, game of the year. I'll tell you Tuesday after that game. <laughs> I think <laughs> Dallas is Dallas. better, but I'm not positive. I think Dallas, Dallas has the better, better defense. Dallas yes. has. Well, yes, I shouldn't say they, better defense. They've got game breakers yeah. on that defense. That, they that have, what, right. Micah like Parsons we, might be the difference. Well, and then how about Deron Bland? He, he set the record yesterday for most uh, interceptions returned for a touchdown. And, you know, there was a point the first 12 touchdowns of the Dallas season this year were evenly dispersed, passing, rushing, and defense for a piece. That's amazing. First 12 touchdowns. Right, so like, that, that, that convinces me. It's Dallas. <laughs> it's Dallas. But, but Dallas's schedule has not been, the, the right. wins have not been that impressive. Um, is Detroit? What's Detroit's signature? Well, right Detroit beat Kansas City. That was Week One. Yeah, Detroit I, has a couple of big wins, yeah. like and, and, and like impressive wins too. I, we we know this. Detroit will go down to Dallas. Dallas will be favored in some respect, three points for. Detroit will give them a game. Yeah, we know they that. Do, yeah. Detroit mm-hmm. will give them a game. Yeah, and you know they're having a little low now, but there's no doubt they're going to be back to, you know, sort of elite status or close to elite status. Detroit and Dallas are below Philly and San Fran. Let's yeah. put it that way. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, neck and neck, three and four, four, whatever it is. But they're they're in the same category. Yeah. And then I'll tell you what. I mean, San Francisco, we talked a little bit about it with Meller earlier during Crosstalk. Like, that is the best team in football. That is the best team in football. And I, I think that if they were to go toe-to-toe with the Eagles now, like, the Eagles kind of let teams hang around in games. Now, it may come down to that, and it's going to be, all right, Brock Purdy, show me what you can do. Maybe. But the defense well, is that's elite. The thing. They're equally the... impressive on offense as well as defense. Mm-hmm. You, they you, play right now, you can't say that about Kansas football. City. Right. They're not equally. Philadelphia. Well, yeah. they're not equal, but they still have 15. Yes, right. Exactly. Exactly. But they're yeah. not equal. But, but San Francisco is truly... Equally impressive on both sides of the ball. Yeah. They're fun to watch. They're just, it's innovative. Not every play works. They had a couple plays, you know, for losses like any team would. But um, they're fun to watch. You know, a lot of the offseason conversation. I was just going to watch. A lot of the offseason conversation revolved around running backs. How important are they? And I am in the Carmen and Yurko and, and kind of the largely... Uh, progressive football thinkers camp of they don't matter, right. but there's a guy that does. I don't know how he finds the holes. I, I, it looks like there's nothing there, and he's gone. 12 yards, 15 yards, 20 yards. They go short side of the field on, a, on an end around. Doesn't look like anything's there. Boom. Yeah. First Patient down. runner. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing, and their blocking schemes are amazing. It's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Wish yeah, we had they, that here. <laughs> it's just like every time they have an offensive drive, it I know Luke Getze said earlier today, like, oh, it's a failure if we don't score points. Like, But if you're the Bears, like, you expect there to be drives where you don't score points. If this team doesn't score points on a drive, it's like, what the hell happened? Right. What went much. wrong? Was there a holding pretty penalty much. on first down? No, like, I think maybe Shanahan just once in a while gets a little too cute with it because he can. But, you know, and there's a there's a, there's a tackle for loss or whatever. Yeah. You know, one of these end arounds that right. doesn't work is Debo. Most of the time, mm. it works. Debo's, yeah. yeah that's I mean, another... Most of the time, it works. But once in a blue moon... There's a cross-up, and there's, or a play takes too long to develop. That's usually what it is. My biggest barometer of how good an offense is is when it's third and 10 or third and 12, is the drive over. Yeah, like, no, like, no like chance. Before that, are, Bears, you, are yes. you getting up to go to the bathroom? Because yeah. you know it, the drive's Not with over. with them. And, but and with the, the, the Niners? And they might run it. They yeah. might run it on third and 10. That's the yeah. other barometer. Yeah. If you're running it on lo- third and long and converting, that's mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. No, there's, I mean... 
that Niners team, I think, is is the best team in football right I now. Think I think about I, that for a second. I, I mean, was, they're they're darn good. Because I was asked by my family, like, oh, who's going to be this the Super Bowl matchup this year? And I, they they were thinking, oh, like he'll say Eagles, Chiefs, or whatever. And I said it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers in the game. And the Dolphins. I don't know about the Dolphins. The not? Dolphins kind of have a little cowboy in them. They blow out the yeah, bad teams maybe. and they they lose to the good ones. That's a good point. That's so. Good. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not fully sold. I think here's where I do stand on like teams like the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Though is you want them in the playoffs because even though they may not win, they can put forth a good game. Yes. Let me see here. You're yeah, right. Entertaining. Like, um, what about the Ravens? Where Baltimore. do you feel on the on the Ravens? I know, they always seem to come up short somewhere. Yeah. Like there's a lot of choking there. I mean, Jacksonville probably still needs another year of seasoning. I don't know. I and I, be, I also want to know that. too. How much of this is yeah, the see. AFC is kind of cannibalizing itself a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. A little where bit. they all sort of play each other, all these teams that they match up because of Who where they finished kidding? in the standings it's last Travis year. Travis and Taylor in the Super Bowl. We know it. It's, <laughs> it's bound to happen. She's going to come down at halftime and sing. It's bound to happen. Could she pull, like, the reverse? Remember, like, when she got upstaged at the Grammys? Right, like, right, right. Could she pull that on Usher now? Of course she could. <laughs> is um, she that big a star? Yeah, I mean, if it's not the Dolphins, it's the Ravens or the Chiefs. If it's not the Dolphins. I, but I don't think it is the Dolphins. Okay, well, I like the Dolphins. All right, there you go. The Texans. I'm a big C.J. Stroud. I place, I place the future, by the way. On the Texans? No, no, no. Oh. C.J. Stroud for MVP. 40 to 1. Yeah, let me think. Let There's me think. no clear-cut yeah. MVP right now. No, you're right. You're right. No, it's worth it. Like, he, here's the point. It, it's not... No chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he has a shot if he keeps mm-hmm. doing what he's doing. And maybe a couple, you know, Tua, Tyreek. This could, like, oh, yeah. If there's a ever a year where it's not a quarterback to win, it is this yeah, year. Right. I just, I, I still don't see it happening. Which just goes to show you how impossible it is for a position player to win this right. award. Or Why a defensive player for that If C.J. Stroud wins it, we, we should just all stop being bear fans i mean it just i mean you talk about just the worst thing possible yeah for him to win the end for even if he wins rookie of the year it's gonna you know what i here's what i would want to know and it's something we'll probably never get the answer to what maybe maybe down the road when people are get fired did the bears have cj stroud or bryce young evaluated higher we could probably find that out why don't you do a little digging all right send some text during the break I'll tell Cap to get on that. He usually has a source up there. Yeah. Um, Anything else catching your I'm eye just, today? I'm trying to think of that we, answer. Uh, I think the uh, the other news of the day, Iowa Young. under hit. Iowa, Iowa under, under hit. hit. A historic Iowa under point total. Hits. 24 and a half. Looking dicey, but Iowa 13, Nebraska 10. 10 and 2. Oh, yeah. Fill in the blank. The rest of the show. I If Iowa upsets Ohio State or Michigan next week, it's the biggest upset since... Fill in the blank. I think the future line, whatever, was 21. I think it's 21 is for it? either team, which isn't, like, enormous. But for a, a, I a think league when, championship game, it's yeah. pretty big. Biggest upset. Say, come on. It would be a huge see, upset. Well, it would be a huge upset, but we see games like that every single year they in college can't football. Score. They can't score, but they play impressive defense, and it's not like they barely beat Nebraska. They barely beat Northwestern. Well, look, at, look at Ohio. They barely beat everybody. Look at Ohio State and look at um, look at Michigan when they go up against like some really elite teams. Like they they let go of the rope a little bit. Like I think Iowa could cover a twenty one against either one of those teams. That wouldn't shock me one bit. In fact, um, I would probably bet it. 
Oh, I would not touch that. Because the defense that. is so good for Iowa. I would Iowa. not touch that. I know it's good, but look what they did in they Penn State. What listen, happened in Penn State? They're not going to probably what score. What happened in Penn State? They're not gonna, they, they got, they got blown out 31 nothing. Yes. They got scored upon. They're not gonna. They're not gonna win the game. I don't. And think. the reason they got. But you can drag a team into a rock no, fight. I tell and you then... why. I tell you why they got blown out in Penn State. And Penn State scored on a good defense. Was when there's so much pressure to be perfect. Mm-hmm. That usually you come up it short. Like, right, it cracks. Iowa had to be perfect at Penn State. That's hard to do on the road, or in this case, even neutral site. Against Listen, a good team, superior opponent. I want the record to show I'm not picking Iowa against either. Ohio State or Michigan, but I think they could cover a three touchdown against them. I, I say no. All right. I say no. When we come back, we will play a game we like to call Florida or Ohio. This is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Florida or Ohio is brought to you by 19 Crimes. Why 19 Crimes is unapologetic by nature, disruptive by design, and believes obedience gets you nowhere. Check out the wine aisle and start defying the rules with 19 Crimes today. Chardog, what do you have for us? We have a passenger who pulled down their pants in mid-flight meltdown on a Frontier flight leaving this state. Passenger pulls down their pants... Was this while boarding or on the plane? This was so a video posted by a fellow passenger shows uh, someone having a meltdown, pulling her pants down and threatening other passengers. On Monday, a Philadelphia bound flight turned chaotic when a woman got upset that she was required to sit in, in her assigned seat and decided to pull her pants down on the plane. She wouldn't sit in her assigned seat? I guess not. God, this sounds like a flight coming out of Fort Fort Lauderdale. I'm going with. I I started with Fort Lauderdale, Ohio, uh, Florida, whatever, and I'm kind of moving to Ohio. I'm I'm going with Ohio. You're going Ohio. I'm going Ohio. Kendra, do you have a guess? Yes. No. I'm going to go Florida. Sounds very Florida. Sounds very. It does sound very Floridian, but also like. a Philly-bound flight. I feel like there's not a lot of flights oh, that are well, going forward. You just got a hint out of that. What do you mean? I just got. I, I deduced. He said no. He, I mean, I know he said it, but you're supposed to make the call without knowing that. Why was I supposed to make the call because, without knowing that? I mean, your context I don't matters. Disagree with you. That I feel like there's not a lot of right Ohio you're not going from to, Columbus to Philly to Philly. Yeah, like they, a lot of times you got to go probably Columbus to New York and then to Philly. I'm going Ohio or DC then to Philly. I think he, that was a you're misdirection play by. Oh, okay. It is Orlando, Florida. Yeah, that is right. where the flight came from. I mean, it makes sense, but I just thought it was a little misdirection. Fair enough. Why are you pulling your pants down? Because you won't sit in the seat. Your people are crazy. People uh, and on the planes too. What is what is it, up with like people? The plane drama these days is unbelievable. I fly a lot because of work, but mm-hmm. I and I've never had what's one the, of these. You've never had what's the no. craziest thing you've seen? 
Um, maybe somebody getting sick or nearly getting sick. Okay, they made it to the bathroom. I well, think that's I not, remember that's, that. Yeah, that's that's right. fine. No, that's, I haven't seen any fights or anything. Okay, maybe um, maybe she was inspired by that lady who was like that mf'er back there is not real. Right. Who's yeah. now basically famous. Yeah. Maybe also, no, people that. are doing stuff just to go viral and get famous, which wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me either. Yeah, that's that's the world we live in now. Oh well, everything's for clicks, Jess. You know. Yeah, you know. You're right. We saw one earlier today. Yep, you're right about that. <laughs> right out of Ota- the Mets booth. Otani news. Yeah, I do have a. I want to pick your baseball brain a little bit later on in the show. Yeah, we're gonna do well. the five o'clock. Yeah, hour. Mm-hmm. We're gonna and do you got Otani all the time. And you got a piece of mail from Cooperstown as yeah. well that we we're have gonna, to. We're gonna open that. We're live op- on the air. Oh, you haven't even opened it yet. No, I haven't opened it. All right. Yeah. This better not be one of those like dumb brochures that comes <laughs> right, to your exactly. house. <laughs> this is gonna be like, oh, like buy this collectible baseball. Right. If that's I what this is, that. if that's what this is, yeah. E one. I'm I'm suspending you <laughs> yeah. from baseball hits fine, for a week. That's fine. All right. I assume it's not a brochure. I, it better not be one of those brochures. All right. When we come back, we will talk with Doug Kazarian and get all of the weekend wagers from Doug. That's coming up next here on Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. Chicago.